Hello, hello. I am Karen Jean-François, and this is the Women in Data podcast. Join me every other week to hear data professionals discuss how data is used in various industries, get inspired, get your field of tips to help you overcome challenges on your career and feel great. Let's get straight into it. Happy New Year! 2021 is finally, finally here. And this is episode 24 of the Women in Data podcast with reflections and projections. For this first episode of the year, I am joined by Roshin McCarthy and Pyle Jane, respectively co-founder and chair of Women in Data. In this episode, they reflect on the challenges they faced in 2020, along with the wins they had. They also offer a peek into what women in data and girls in data will be up to in 2021. And Roshin reveals what happened to the 20 in data awards in 2020. Trust me, you won't be disappointed. Hi, Roshin. Hi, Pyle. Morning. Hello, Karen. Happy New Year. Thank you and Happy New Year to you too. I can't believe 2020 is finished. It went so fast. It feels like yesterday was January 2020. <laughs> Absolutely. What a year, hey? Yeah, I'm so pleased to have you with me today. I'm feeling a bit nervous. I have spoken to so many amazing women in data in the last year. And now I am actually talking to you who are the brain behind the women in data community doing all these amazing things that we've seen in the last few years. And I remember the first time I sat uh, at UCL and I can't believe I'm actually sitting here today with you talking about all these things that you've done last year and what you're planning to do in the next year. So I'm super excited about that, but also a bit nervous. (laughs) Kara, we don't speak of that day in, in UCL in the tent. That's something we don't talk about publicly anymore. Yeah, that's what, five, six years ago, yeah. six years ago. And uh, when we were a powerful number of 125 members then, things had changed a little bit. Would you not say, Paul? Totally, totally. And, you know, we shouldn't forget where we started, actually, because it was that event that spurred us on to kind of give us the energy and inspire us to create what we've done today. So, yeah, fond memories. I agree. I was fresh arrived from the Eurostar and it was such an amazing experience. I'm guessing most of the listeners will know who you are, but could you introduce yourself just in case? For sure. Well, I'm Roshi McCarthy, and I'm one of the co-founders alongside Rachel King at Women in Data. We founded the organization back in 2015 and superly proud of everything that we've achieved as a community, but still so much ambition and so much work to do. And I'm Pyle, so I'm the chair of Women in Data. It's just been such a privilege over the years to kind of work with Roshi and Rachel to create the vision and to execute behind it and actually to truly make a difference in the industry and the number of women in senior roles now. You know, back in 2015 with the first uh, Women in Data conference, the number of senior women in roles was 3%. And actually in 2020, we got to 16%. And so, you know, we're not there yet. There's still plenty to do in terms of getting it to gender parity, which is our total vision. 
but we're so proud of what's been achieved and that's been through all the attendees the speakers our partners have enabled this to happen you know we we are creating change which is phenomenal but there's still so much we need to get done and that's what inspires us for this year Roisin. Oh absolutely and you know it does feel sometimes part that the work is endless and the opportunities are endless and from a positive perspective what we can do and create is magnificent but there's still so much measurable success that's been created in a short period of time with more numbers with more support with more focus we're going to achieve so much more in 21 and those plans are huge aren't they i'm looking forward to hear about the plan for 21 but before we get there let's reflect a bit on 2020 that year that most of us want to forget how did it look like for you what was your biggest challenge in 2020 Okay, I'll take this one to start with Paul and you can probably help it out. But the biggest challenge, I think, for me personally, and then it impacted every single member of our community is we set off in January with such an aggressive, defined strategy of how we were going to roll out the year of 2020. And our plans were very defined, including the biggest ever flagship conference where we'd all be in person with another 25 events happening across the country. And Team Weird were asked to speak and showcase in other countries and events globally. It was really, really exciting. So you've got a very clear vision. And Suddenly, within a matter of 24 hours, in fact, we had our WID event cancelled on the Thursday and the country locked down on the Friday. Everything changed. It was incredibly difficult, firstly, personally, to adjust to because there was so much uncertainty. We had so much support. There were so many expectations and plans. It was really, really, truly a a shock, if I'm honest. Um, So that probably was my biggest challenge. What would your reflection be, Paul? Well, really similar. I think a bit of twofold. So you've got the impact on the women in data community, but then you've also got the impact on for Roisin and I and our day jobs. You know, so we're both running businesses. And if I just talk about that for a second, um, you know, we lost quite a bit of our business literally just overnight. And, you know, this is over 50 percent of what was our revenue stream. And it's not just the income you've got to think about. It's the people that work in your organization and the impact it has on them. So that was hugely worrying and testing. And then on top of that, you've got the personal impacts. You know, I've got really vulnerable parents and, you know, you start to worry about them. You're kind of in isolation. There were so many dimensions of worry and concern, but also taking care of others. And for J-Curve, which is my day job, we then thought, right, well, we've got all this capacity. What do we do with it in terms of our time? So we started mentoring. So we went out to the women in data community as well as, you know, some other communities saying, well, it's kind of hardship for everyone. If you want to just have a free conversation and a a chat, then come and talk to us. And it was really frightening, actually, what people were going through. I hope for most people, we've navigated through a really challenging year, but then we've got many learnings and successes to be proud of. It's been hugely different to probably what anyone imagined, but I do think it's important that everyone you know, takes that moment at the start of this year to just think about those learnings so we can actually build and develop on it and pivot. For women in data, we've been able to go global. There's been no constraints for people joining our events virtually. And that's been one of the things that was in our plan anyway. 
but actually we've accelerated it by two years, which is one of our proudest things for 2020. It was really amazing to see that you could attend conferences from anywhere in the world because everything just was virtual. I hear what you're saying, Pat. It felt like things were coming from every possible direction. Lifestyle, everything was uncertain. Work-wise, everything was uncertain. And family and friends-wise as well. My family is in the Caribbean and this means I couldn't see them. So I managed to sneak out of the country for a week. And that's about it. In the last two years I've seen my parents a total of six days hopefully next year it will be better we will see aside from with going global with your weed week and people being able to attend events and conferences what was the highlight for you in 2020? 2020 was a tale of two extremes Karen and we've talked about the shock and impacts very early on but one thing that was truly truly consistent from my perspective and what I had seen and I was hands-on in hearing was the consistency and requirement of our WID community of our 25,000 to have the center of resource inspiration and unity and connection was a really safe place even virtually so that was something that we learned pretty quickly and whilst we were hearing lots of horror stories of furlough and job loss and and people really struggling with their mental health, we did find that we were a shelter and a place for data-driven professionals to really find solace and opportunity to meet with like-minded people. So we knew we had to facilitate very quickly the opportunities to still connect. And the global plans are wonderful on a virtual basis, but we still know that our WIDs want to connect with one another. So we're really sitting back now and, and looking at the plans for the 12 months ahead and how we're going to keep the vibe and the essence of what Women in Data have so magically created over the last five years, doing it on a far bigger scale, doing it virtually. And Widweek really did prove that that was required needed and successful so um yeah it's a great platform for us to leapfrog from early part q1 of 2021 with so many plans of opportunities events connections to be made in the calendar for women in data i'm looking forward to that and do you want to talk a bit about girls in data yeah I was just going to say that would be my highlight for 2020 and it kind of feels like we launched it ages ago but it actually happened last January but we've launched Girls in Data which is to encourage more girls to join the analytics data technology community and to build careers in that industry in, in this amazing place and if you think about it so many organizations are saying this is going to be the element of their competitive advantage it's such an exciting industry to be in but what we found, and we did some research on this, is that for girls versus boys, girls actually recognise that they need maths to be able to do their dream jobs. And that's like 49% for girls versus 33% for boys. So it's fantastic that girls have the awareness of that they need these math skills to do that. However, the shocking stat here is that for boys versus girls are just seeing maths as being social and collaborative. 43% of girls are saying that they see it in that way, but it's 71% for boys. And that is the thing we need to change. And, you know, we're really proud of some of the initiatives and the interventions that we ran during last year 
of trying to demonstrate through a summer school a theater of the possible. So we partnered with several organizations to solve problems, whether it was COVID related or whether it was kind of like broader economic challenges. And we heard and felt some phenomenal feedback of like girls thinking, wow, I didn't realize maths is so fun or you actually needed to solve problems in this way using data to help with solving the the COVID pandemic. And we had some amazing stories. So if you haven't watched it already, there's an incredible event that we ran during Midweek with our partners Experian where we heard from Banzari, who was a young girl. Her GCSEs got cancelled because of the pandemic. She wasn't planning originally to do a maths A-level, but through that intervention of being involved in the summer school, she's been ignited with this new passion. And so that's definitely you know, one of our highlights. And just getting more girls into the industry is so important, coming back to our mission of gender parity, because sadly, we're not going to achieve it in our lifetimes if we don't start encouraging more girls to see that uh, maths as social and collaborative. We've got to change that. Paul, you're so right. The horror of the pipeline being quite dysfunctional and broken throughout the life cycle of education for young women. We have, as Girls and Data, made a pledge to reach a million young women and showcase what a career in data and technology looks like. But as an organisation and pushing forward, we need to create pathways outside of the traditional methods. And what is really, really interesting from the year gone by is actually girls are truly, truly engaged. We just have to find methods and ways of pulling them in and closer to us earlier on in the education life cycle. So the work for Girls in Data is only just starting. We're recognising what we need to achieve. And yeah, there's a huge, huge amount of work to be done, certainly in the early part of this year. But the rewards are phenomenal. Business will benefit. Our economy will benefit. The lifestyles of these women economically will benefit in the long term so yeah truly truly exciting and a massive highlight for us I love this initiative because I've always been quite passionate about mathematics it's always been where I was going to go although I didn't know it was data but it was always math and I love the fact that we are using data to leverage these girls and then showing them what's possible and bringing them there it's really really great can you hear the washing machine from upstairs no Karen (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I live in a Victorian style house and there is just no insulation between the flats and I'm like oh please promise God. me you won't edit that out Karen that is yeah. the real life of home is where she makes it happen actually that's a really really good link Paul do you not think yeah. home is where she makes it happen because the other exciting and challenging thing of 2020 Karen was we were still incredibly energized and very engaged in delivering our fourth series of the 20 in data. So there will be 80 um, wonderful luminaries now created in a hall of fame of 20 in data technology in 2021, but it did get delayed. So that was a real challenge for us. COVID restrictions, judging restrictions. We were meant to all be together in August, judging the nominations and the final selection. It simply dragged and dragged because of so many effects of COVID-19 and 2020 but the real highlight is that we have adapted we have been superly agile and 20 and data and technology have created the concept of 
home is where she makes it happen. And Karen, your washing machine in the background or your neighbor's washing machine in the background is the reality of what we all have to do, isn't it? If it's not a cat jumping on your laptop or a child <laughs> around your feet, or the fact that there's a, an Amazon delivery to the front door, this is all happening around us. So actually, it focused us as women in data to find the concept this year. And we've named it Home is Where She Makes It Happen. I was wondering when this was going to come, because in the last few years, it's already been during the, um, the WID conference. And this year you had the WID week. And I was thinking, oh, so are we going to have 20 in data during the WID week? And we did not. So... Where is it? When is it coming? And also, I'm guessing people who've come to the conference in the past will know what 20 in data is. But for those who don't know about it, can you tell us what it is? The 20 in data and technology was born four years ago. And I guess what we were thinking about is how do we just accelerate our impact and aim for you know gender parity, which is what I keep talking about. But we wanted to really start celebrating amazing women in the industry but also giving our community access to these individuals. And we worked with the amazing Edwina Dunn in the first couple of series of the 20 Data and Technology. And through the female leads, we learned from Edwina that for young girls that have access to role models, and this is people that follow individuals on social media, they are seven times more likely to become a director and five times more likely to become a CEO. And so we just thought, right, we have to do this within Women in Data in our community, but actually increasing the accessibility of these amazing individuals by, you know, having a chance to speak to them at our events, meeting them, being mentored by them, and just hearing their story. And I think every single person has got their story of what's made them who they are. And so that was kind of the whole purpose of what we, we started with. And this year, sorry, in 2020, we had the ambitions of launching our full series of the 20. And we were unindated with um, nominations. And it was really lovely. There were a lot of nominations from others. So we're helping our peers from men and women that were putting women forward, which was phenomenal. But also women nominating themselves, which we're really proud of, because we have to be proud of who we are and, and what we've achieved. And then, um, you know, we spent the summer going through all of these nominations with the judges and I was leading the process and we were just so in awe of reading the nominations. They were so inspiring. It was kind of a real challenge to, to narrow it down to the amazing 20. But then we, we had to deal with the pandemic to, you know, make the photography happen. And Roisin, do you want to talk a little bit about how we've solved this? Well, it was a challenge because social distancing doesn't allow for the wonderful portrait creations that we've had in the last three series gone by. So in the fourth series of 20 and Data and Technology, we had the wonderful guidance and direction of our creative team, Same 7. Now, if you have had the opportunities to see the brilliant portraits that have been created for the 60 women gone past, um, you'll know that this is iconic for women in data and the campaign overall. Having featured on billboards across the country on underground stations, the impact of showcasing real life women who are relatable, who are absolutely making it happen in the data, in the data industry has had so much impact. 
we used the brilliant guidance of Vicar Marius from Saint Seven to help us navigate this issue. So we have social distancing, it's a problem. We can't get a photographer in a room on a set with our subjects, with our 20 phenomenal women. So what are we gonna do about it? We're women in data and technology. And it was a very, very clear response to say, we need to harness technology here, but we wanna do something better than a laptop taken portrait. And we were very pleased to hear the brilliant innovative ideas from Vicar Marius at Saint Seven, where we have involved the use of technology through a robot. We have remote technology creating the most wonderful portraits of our 20 phenomenal women in their homes. Home is where she makes it happen. This year promises to be even more impactful and even more insightful and more relatable than ever for our women in data community. But these 20 role models are in their homes and they've been shot, their portraits have been created by a robot. I want to hear more about that robot regime. <laughs> I can't give all work? the secrets away, Karen. I can't give them all away. But ultimately, we had to put safety first. And having a photographer in the same room with COVID conditions and pandemic conditions wasn't possible. The things that would have been created because of all the challenges in 2020. Absolutely. That's coming soon, I guess. It is. And the wonderful robot, which we have beautifully named Snowflake, whilst it's a technology feat, we have named it after our partner for this series, actually. The release for it is going to be in 21. We wanted it to release in 2020, but, you know, we have to deal with the conditions that we've had. We will be revealing, uh, courtesy of our partner Snowflake, the 20 phenomenal role models that were captured in 2020 this year. Looking forward to that. I still have um, the leaflet from last year with all the photos and the descriptions. So that was 2020. What does 2021 look like for women in data, but also girls in data? Well, I guess if you haven't heard it already, we're as energised as ever to, for the year ahead. Who knows what's going to happen in terms of face-to-face events? What we've learned is that, you know, that doesn't stop the impact that we've got and the art of the possible. So we will continue with bringing the community together during the year. And we are going to continue bringing more audiences around the globe together as well. Just hearing those stories of what, you know, some of your counterparts, some of our counterparts are doing in India or Asia or in the Americas, it's just going to be phenomenal. And we want to kind of increase those networking opportunities. So we're super excited about that. And then for Girls in Data, we won't share all the plans just yet. We're going to build on those incredible summer schools that we ran last year. It's trying to get girls excited about, you know, the art of the possible and the problem solving around these topics. And that's kind of one of my personal passions of why I've kind of stayed in the industry for 20 years is that, you know, you can use data and analytics to solve almost any problem that's out there. And that's the bit we want to share through osmosis from our community to, you know, new audiences. And and that is absolutely our aim. And creating more platforms, more opportunities to showcase what brilliant looks like, to showcase relatable role models, real life stories of people changing the world that we live in, the landscape that we live in through data. It's what women in data have done so remarkably well. 
over the last five years. But now we have a bigger audience than ever. We have a bigger stage than ever. So we have to ensure that we are delivering on our original ambitions, which is to connect and develop and elevate women in this industry. More, more, more is what I would say, Karen. And, you know, whilst women in data really do represent a big shift in what diversity has looked like in the data world, we still have our ambition, as Paul mentioned earlier, of equality and and balance and, and seeing equal representation at the senior end of the tree, at the entry level point. But diversity starts with gender. Okay, and we recognize that that is one aspect that we need to recognize and challenge. But as women in data and as a formed group of, uh, that is creating measurable success, we need to look at the bigger picture of diversity because we all have that responsibility to change the face of data. And it starts with gender, but it's so much more than that. It's so much more of an intersection of society. We represent our planet and our data professionals should do as well. And Karen, if I could ask you a question, so let's just turn it around a little bit. You know, you've been with us on this journey since 2015. What would you like to see in 2021? I would like to see, I think you've mentioned quite a few times this networking aspect of it. And this is definitely my favorite part about women in data. So I love to see all the presentations. I love to learn new things. But what I appreciate the most about women in data is how accessible all these women in the community are. So you can go talk to someone and then they will say, oh yeah, I've lived these, the same challenge before. Here are some tips. This is how I overcame this challenge. Let's have coffee. And there are women that I met in 2015 in the tent at UCL that I'm still going to coffee. Well, now it's virtual coffee, but we're still having virtual coffee six years later. And this is what I find absolutely amazing. Something else I absolutely loved was all the meetups you had in 2019. And that brought the big conference to a smaller scale and it made it so much easier to talk to people. I made so many friends there, friends that I brought on the podcast, friends that I've asked questions that were either career related or life related. And this is something I really missed in 2020 are you bringing these back in 2021 absolutely karen that is number one on our agenda as soon as physical events are safe to to host we have so many objectives to deliver them and we want to reach further and wider into different geographics of the uk it's really important that we have geographical inclusion as well so we want to empower our, our localized and regionalized with communities to, to really ensure that they're getting a slice of this but whilst it's not possible we are going to continue to host the events virtually on smaller scales and we've done that through 2020 for sure you're right, that intimacy and connection and vibe that women in data have created in those meetups, in our flagships, that safe event still continues virtually. So we just have to be persistent. We need to keep the momentum up for sure. And we'll be back meeting in person, I have no doubt, before the summer. Fingers crossed. Yeah. And I would say, you know, what we found in 2020, especially during Wood Week, when we held some quite intimate networking sessions, you know, where people went into breakout groups, it was phenomenal to kind of see that actually it had the same impact. People were coming into those sessions kind of feeling a little bit uncertain, kind of overwhelmed with the situation. But actually when we surveyed you know, the community on how they felt afterwards, they were 
feeling really positive and not alone. So, you know, all of it is possible. So we just need to put ourselves out there and lean into these opportunities. And I know, and it's happened to me as well, when you've done a hard day's work at your PC all day, and then you get to the evening and think, well, do I sit there again and join a virtual event? It's super tiring. But what I would encourage everyone to do is to join one of these events during the year, because I know it's difficult sometimes and we all suffer from it where you just think, oh, do I want to speak to strangers, you know, in the evening? Have I got the energy for it? But I would encourage everyone to just try it once and lean into it because like you said, you create the smallest connection that has had the same challenge or you can pick up some tips on how it's going to help you. It's absolutely worth it. And just this conversation this morning has given me so much energy to live my day ahead. So it is really important that the whole women in data community continue to communicate and talk. Definitely, Paul. And I think also, you know, we can't forget that whilst we're there to take benefit from the organisation, from the community, what every aspect has on offer and benefit we should take with both hands. We should be there paying it forward as women in data as well. We know that our community is relying on us to be there and to be present. And you are helping other individuals by giving your contribution, by giving your opinion and sharing. Yeah, maybe it's been a crap day, but actually lots of other people have had that too. And that openness that women in data foster, creates is so unique. So yeah, I, my, my word of advice is if you're thinking about ditching off that virtual event, just take that risk and, and do it because someone needs you there. One of our community members will need you there. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think being on Zoom for work and being on Zoom for women in data or any virtual event is completely different because it's a different energy and you just feel so much better after. So I, I have myself joined event feeling oh, another Zoom meeting again. And by the end of it, you just feel so great. So definitely. What are your wishes for the women in data community for 2021? Oh, my goodness. I have so many, Karen, and you don't have enough time. But probably my biggest wish is that we gain more support from organisations to adopt our methods, our planning, our strategies into their organisations. Because whilst our community is superly effective in its own right, unless organisations start to really adopt and plan for diversity and inclusion in their data teams, we won't see effective measurable change in the workplace. So I think that's one of my major wishes. The second one is that Paul mentioned Bansari earlier as a, a wonderful luminary. I think that we'd like to create more opportunities and more role model, accessible role model opportunities for young women. So they're two of my big wishes for sure. Is it really tough? question actually and I know every day Roisin, Rachel and I kind of live this but I think it is just about having that broader impact around the globe. We hear so many stories of women that are working in different environments and different cultures and and coming back to, to business, data and analytics and technology is the difference we're going to make for organisations you know in the next decades to come. We mm -hmm. need therefore the mix of men and women with all those other elements of you know diversity and inclusion to be there to be representative of those organizations customers and so we're just driven as ever to get to gender parity and accelerating the trajectory on that 
And that's our mission, really. And as Taroshin said, we have to be talking to the CEOs of these organizations to just change them at the pace of momentum. Mm, for sure. I have one other wish, actually. Paul, if that's okay, Karen, I'm just going to put it out there. Is we need more volunteers. We need more wids to step forward and skill share. Karen, you were hot off the press earlier in 2020 to say, I want to contribute. I want to help. And look what you've created in the podcast series. Whilst, again, I come back to the point of come and take benefit from our community, but we need people to give too. So the question for you, Karen, would be is if you could have any wish from the weird community, what would it be? I would say I agree with you. People should be involved and help out and bring what they have to the community because this is what really creates a community, right? It's all the link with people getting involved. I wish that's a bit selfish for me, <laughs> would be if someone please could... <laughs> If someone please could support with the podcast, that would be great. I've been doing a lot on that podcast and I love it. It's so fulfilling, but it would be great to have a bit of help with that. So if someone out there feel like doing some podcasting, please feel free to join. Okay. Uh, well, host wish- interviews imminently, I think. <laughs> Karen, what sort of skills do you think you need for that, actually? I'm interested to hear. I, I think it's something you learn on the go. Obviously, it's not like super high production. Uh, I had no clue about podcasting before I started podcasting for you. I was just listening to podcasts on my way to, <laughs> to work. And then I thought, oh, we should do a Women in Data podcast. And then this is what happened. So... I'm still learning. <laughs> a wish I really have for the women in data community, so that would be more for the wits themselves, is that you find inspiration and you find your voice, but also you create your own path because this is so important. Yeah, oh, definitely. Uh, I love that. And I, I think even as individuals for Roisin and I, you know, we're still on our learning journey. I'm doing this. Sometimes we're in situations where you think, wow, that wouldn't have happened if we weren't in these roles of women in data. So I think it is around we've all got to take ownership and find our voice and have that impact. Because if we don't do it, who's going to do it for us? Yeah, absolutely. And Karen, from the bottom of my heart, from Team Wid's heart, Rachel Pearl and all of the, the committee members, but most importantly, the community, a huge huge thank you for everything that you've done in 2020 and we can't wait to see what's in store for the year ahead and the remarkable stories that you're going to be sharing through the podcast huge thanks and massive kudos what what a brilliant achievement oh thank you happy new year is weird again oh happy new year words thanks karen thank you for listening to the women in data podcast If you don't want to miss the next episode, make sure you follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or on LinkedIn. You can also register to the community for free by heading to womenindata.co.uk. We would love to hear from you, so don't be shy and drop us some feedback or a review. This will help us enhance the content and bring the guests that you want to hear from. Have a great day.